Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It's 5.01 here in the Bayou City. Let's run down to Port O'Connor now. Let's check in with our good friend, Captain Lynn Smith. Hey, Lynn, how you doing this morning, bud? Good, good, man. It's all good. A little foggy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a little froggy out there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a little froggy. Trying to get a few things done around the house, uh, you know, uh, hunting deer season's over, so I'm trying to get a few things done around here. But um, before fishing kicks in, that's that's in the mode I've been in all week too. Getting things done around the house that way when the fishing breaks, I'm I'm gone. I'm worthless. That's that's right. Same yeah. here. I've, I've, <laughs> I went out a couple of days and kind of scouted a little bit, and it's just slow. You know, it's just yeah. kind of slow. And um, it it always is this time of the year. It really it is. is. It can be but, good. Uh, I mean, you can have some epic days this time of year, but you can have some really bad ones too. Oh yeah, I talked to a buddy of mine that heck, he's he's fished from greens all the way down to Cedar Bayou. You know, it's just one here and one there. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just such School the time of the year. Yeah, well, I'm with you, brother. But anyway, at, uh, down in South Texas, you know they uh, uh, they're starting to you know feed protein. This is when the you pump that protein to those deer, boy. Yes. And uh, they're shedding their horns, and, and this is when you want them to eat that protein, get ready for the next year. But uh, and turkey season's coming up, so yes, it is. Everybody's getting fired up for that. Well, I can't and, believe all the man. Turkey hunters—they're serious about their, uh, you know, about their sport. Oh, I mean, they—they're oh, they're into it big time. But oh. boy, spring turkey season. 
Here again, oh, yeah. they're going to have to deal with rattlesnakes, especially if they're hunting down south, you know, where they're oh, bad. I'm telling you, I'm surprised that not more people get bit, you know. Uh, Myself. As many rattlesnakes uh, as we've got down in south Texas and big ones, you know, I'm surprised that more people don't get, get bitten. But uh, And people just don't realize how, how many there are, how many snakes there are down there. And they come down unprepared. That's what gets me. They they come down not wearing snake boots and or chaps and and uh, and I go, man, what are y'all thinking? You know, and uh, I mean, we got some big snakes down there. Yes. And uh, and we had uh, this was unreal, but we had a uh, we had a guys one year down there. Uh, everybody was you know in the brush and they're kneeling down and calling these turkeys, and of all things, a coyote came running out of the brush and bit one of the guys on the arm what yeah that's fact and uh bit him on the arm while they're calling these turkeys that's crazy and, uh, <laughs> didn't break the skin didn't break the skin but bit him on the arm and uh and that old boy that uh, got bit he was from uh, abilene and uh he actually came down to poc and fished with me and uh, <laughs> Holy. He, he, he knew a bunch of guys bunch of people that i knew from abilene skeet shooters and i knew but uh yeah he said uh it didn't break the skin i said well boy if it did i'd go straight to the hospital i mean yeah that's you know, uh whoa. i mean that's just unheard of but uh, but that was crazy that cow came charging through that brush you know through that grass that high grass that we had that year and uh bit him on the arm that's unbelievable but, yeah, that's in. They carry rabies. Oh, big time! Big you know, remember, remember growing up when we were kids, you'd hear about rabies outbreaks. You don't hear about that much anymore. No, you sure don't. Like back in the day, I think a lot of those coyotes uh, get parvo. They they get parvo yeah. at a pretty young age too, and probably heartworms. You know, they're susceptible to that. I'm sure, like dogs are. That's all they are is a dog. Yeah, that's right. I don't think Amen. their lifespan's very long. Yeah. Especially no. if I'm hunting them. <laughs> Especially if I'm, if I'm sitting in a deer stand with a call and I'm calling them, their <laughs> lifespan isn't very long. <laughs> you know, that's but, a, that's uh, a big sport now with all these good electronic callers and everything that, that they have. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, people are really into that. Oh, I and, love it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> keep them thinned yeah. out. Remember, they used to drop those arsenic bombs. Remember, it was uh, some kind of arsenic oh, yeah. with, uh, you know, like fi fish. Oh, yeah. That they yeah. could smell those, good. Uh, it was tainted with ar arsenic, and they'd drop them, and they'd warn homeowners in the area, you know, to keep your pets, you know, inside oh, yeah. the fence or don't let them run loose because they're, they're dropping these to, uh, you know, eradicate coyotes with. Oh, yeah. Well, when they get real bad, you know, they did that, and I've, Boy, I was real leery about that because they always put up the signs, you know, when they put those arsenic bombs out. I mean, man, can you imagine walking up and tripping one of those? I mean, you drop drop right in your tracks. I mean, <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was leery of those. I don't know if they still do them or not anymore. I don't know. Now, I know I saw some where uh, the state of Texas approved uh, some kind of uh, poison for hogs. Oh, did they? Yeah, I saw that about a week ago, a little bulletin on it. Well, I'll tell you what, they just, those hogs overrun these ranches. I mean, it's it's crazy. 
really a is. lot of a lot of ranches like them because they make a lot of money off of hog hunters off of that too yeah i was i was at one of the shows the trophy hunter show or somewhere and, and i'm walking down the aisle and they had a guy sitting there and had a sign up said you know hog hunting hundred dollars a day or something like that and and I just kind of sitting there looking at it, kind of smiling. And this guy said, you want to come down and shoot hogs $100 a day? And I said, man, I said, you'd have to pay me $100 a day to shoot. That's right. You know, I said, pay me to come and eradicate I, your your nemesis. Yeah. And he just kind of smiled. He, he looked around. He said, I'll tell you what, come down during the week, shoot all you want for nothing. Just just shoot them. <laughs> I said, boy, they're a, they're a problem, aren't they? He said, man. He said, we got so many, it's, it, it's horrible. I said, I know we we do too. I mean, they're just they're just everywhere, thick. And uh, now everybody's going to these uh, scopes, you know, uh, infrared, everything else, you know, right. you can hunt them at night, and, and uh, they just you can't get rid of them. I mean, they have three litters a year, and um, every ninety days, every ninety days they're going to drop a litter. So, good grief! I mean, they're just cra- and crazy, you know. They're running everywhere, but they sure are good to eat, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They you get are. the right ones. Oh yeah, the right size one. That's what you want. I never, I never can understand these hunters sitting there stand with them and those pigs are run out and they want to shoot the biggest one. I go, no, 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 no. Get one of those smaller ones. You know, shoot him in the head. You you want to get a real young one, but uh, get about a thirty thirty pounder. You know. 30 or 40 pounder, that's what you want. You don't want that real big one. They want to shoot one that weighs about 150. You know, I was Well, that's those. just for photo and bragging rides, you know, shooting them big old nasty ones. But uh, oh, yeah. for table fare, yeah, that 20 to 40 pounds in that range, there you go. That's, that oh, is excellent boy. meat. People don't oh, realize it's really good. They think, you know, a feral hog, ooh, they're nasty. But, I mean, what pig or hog isn't nasty? Isn't that the truth? They've I mean, been rolling the, in the mud. Oh water. yeah, they wall in the mud and they eat everything. But but hogs, uh, they eat a lot of snakes too. Oh, they do. They do that. But boy, I tell you, man, that is fine barbecue fare. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. it is. Yeah, I, I'll have to agree with that one, buddy. Man, I'm telling you, it's real good eating. And right now, those ranches are covered with these pigs. I'll guarantee you. Well, it's something how during deer season, those hogs go nocturnal like crazy. You know, that that whole, I think, what I hunt, seven or eight days down there straight, and I never saw a feral hog. And I saw some javelina, you know, but uh, they're not really a hog. They're like a rodent. But uh, no, no, I never never saw a feral hog during the daylight hours. Yeah. Well, they do go nocturnal on you. They will. They really do. Yeah, they're the cleanup crew after that uh, evening hunt in the feed. You know, all all up and down the Sendera. As you go back to that same blind the next morning, there's not one kernel of corn left. Yeah, and you had a yellow brick oh. road when you left. <laughs> yeah, I know. They can Hoover it. I'll guarantee you. They hey, come in pick there and up clean pieces. Kind of like a school yep. of gaff top coming in behind a trout. Take it off. And that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah or hard heads or the cleaning table or hard heads yeah whatever <laughs> scavenger oh yeah oh i'm telling you man yeah it's uh it's kind of funny though they uh 
there at the ranch one time they wanted to they wanted to let the grass grow out in front of the ranch house and, and the ranch manager said man if we if we water that grass real good the pigs will come in at night root it up and the <laughs> yeah. said, oh no i want the grass to look good okay so he right. watered it real good Boy, and I mean, about two nights later, man, those pigs came in and they rooted it up. Looked like the yeah, grass had been plowed. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Ditch witches, trenchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Backhoes. Oh, they rooted it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah, buddy. But uh, now the big sport's just hunting them with a helicopter, you know. And and uh, shoot, those guys show up with shotguns with uh, drum drums on them, you know, drum uh, magazines on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of those shell, those drum magazines. I don't know how they hold them up. That, you, know, you know how heavy, oh, know. you know, if you got a big old mag like that, a drum mag, that's got to be a lot of extra weight trying to hold that oh, up. Oh, you know it. You know it. But, uh, but, boy, they love hunting them like that. And then guys coming in behind them, picking up those pigs with, with uh, trucks, just loading them up, man. Uh-huh. It's crazy. They did that on, on the ranch next door to us one time, and the old boy pulled up at the camp. He had that pickup with pigs piled up in it, man, just piled up. And uh, he said, all right, pick you, pick you some out. Take as many as you want, <laughs> whatever ones you want. I mean, he was just going around, you know, dropping oh, yeah. them off. All right, let me yeah, knock man. this break out, Lynn. I'll be right back at you, buddy. Hang on a second. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. morning welcome back to the sports radio 610 outdoor show all right 518 here in the bayou city okay lynn we're back yeah we um we were filling feeders oh a few years ago we were filling uh quail feeders and we had this young man uh from canada that was helping us and uh on the ranch and uh i gave him a 22 pistol with rat shot and i said uh you better carry this with you because you can run into some rattlesnakes and I said, man, these snakes are, are really going to be out springtime. He said, well, we don't have uh, rattlesnakes in Canada. I said, well, we do here. Trust me. Right. <laughs> <I> said, You're <laughs> going to see them. And, uh, heck, I think first week or I think the first week he killed three big ones. I think the smallest one was about a six-footer. And uh, one of them, he had a six-footer that was coiled up right by, right next to a coil feeder. That snake was just waiting on his lunch, you know. Yes. He was just called up right by a feeder. And I said, see, I told you. I had that twenty-two loaded with rat shot, and, um, oh, he just hammered that snake. But he said, man, we just don't have them. We don't have these snakes in Canada. I said, no, we do here. And uh, we took him in the, in the carpus and got him some snake boots. And uh, he tried on a pair of boots, and he said, well, what do you think about these? And they were just kind of low, regular cowboy boots, you know. And I said, uh-uh. He said, no. what? What's wrong with these? I said, they're not tall enough. Trust me. Nope. These snakes down here are big. <laughs> they're going to hit you high. And uh, so got him some regular, you know, good tall snake boots. But, uh, man, uh, after he killed that first one, he said, I see what you mean about these snake boots. Yeah. He said, yeah, these snakes are big. I said, that's right. 
and we had those Wisconsin hunters came down, and they came down there to hunt in tennis shoes. I said, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> tennis shoes. And uh, they were bow hunters, and they they were they one of them shot a deer, and uh, it ran off, and we were stalking that. We were hunting that deer, trailing him in the dark, and uh, one of the guys came running running past me and screaming, and he was running past me. And I said, what are you doing? He said, snake. And he ran past me. And I said, where is he? He said, he's right back there. And uh, I said, what kind is it? He said, I don't know, but I took I, I videoed him. <laughs> and I said, you did? I said, let me see it. Well, he came back to me and showed me on the on his phone, and that snake, it had to be at least a six-foot rattler, maybe bigger. And he almost stepped on him, you know. And I said, well, just, you should have just hollered at me. I'd come over and shoot him. He said, oh, my God. He said, that snake was huge. I said, well, call me. That's, that's what I carry this pistol for. He said, oh. I'd carry me a snake charmer, you know, at least a 410. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. That little. I don't want to make one mad with that rat shot. <laughs> oh, hit him right. <laughs> no, let me tell you something. That 22 rat shot shoots a beautiful pattern. It really does. And uh, it, it throws a pretty pattern, and I've killed a lot of rattlesnakes with that twenty-two, And uh, it really does a good job on them. You know, it, it shoot them in the head, shoot, man, it hammers them. And, What's the name uh, of that pistol of that uh, everybody uses? You can shoot a forty-five long colt in it or a four ten. Oh, uh, the judge. The, the judge. judge. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'd have. Yeah. Put that four ten on it. Oh, yeah. But, that'll, uh, that'll work on him. Remember the old timers? They'd have him old uh, four ten sawed off, and they called them snake charmers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I guarantee you, boy, you need something out there. Yeah, this uh, this got the ranch manager on the ranch down there, George West. Uh, he had a little a Jack Russell uh, that he had in the on the ranch, and that Jack Russell had gotten bit by a rattlesnake right on the end of his nose one time. Well, after that, after he got over that. Boy, when he saw a rattlesnake, it scared him to death, you know. He didn't like rattlesnakes after that. And he'd be, they'd be driving down the road on the ranch, and there'd be a rattlesnake crossing the road. And you know how the dogs like to ride and stick their heads out the window, you know, uh -huh. let the wind blow? Boy, he'd jump in the back seat and, and get underneath a blanket. <laughs> he'd be scared to death, you know. <laughs> Boy, he didn't like rattlesnakes after that. He was That's scared to death. a smart dog. He was very smart. We went over to the other side of the ranch. Uh, on the other side, they had a, a double-wide trailer over there. and We went over to do something one day, and we pulled up there. And I got out of the truck, and that little Jack Russell jumped out. and Boy, he's running around smelling everything. And and uh, he ran underneath that double-wide. And uh, so I was doing something over there, checking some, something. All of a sudden, man, that little Jack Russell ran over and he jumped in the back of that truck and got underneath the blanket and uh, the ranch manager said <laughs> well there's a snake under there <laughs> yep must be a rattlesnake under the double wide <laughs> yep i guarantee you there was a little jack russell will tell you that i had a listener text uh said uh a redfish has spots can you tell which one is wild and which one is hatchery or farm raised and i told him no i can't tell and no and no, uh, uh -uh. then he wanted to know, do you know why one has one spot and others have lots of spots? Well, that's 
that's their genetics and growth rate. You know, when they're a fingerling, they're covered with millions of little spots on them. They look like a speckled trout. And as they grow, they lose those spots. And, yeah. uh, you know, a trout's just the opposite. As they grow, they gain them. Yeah. And, uh, I caught one with uh, with 80 spots on it one day. And uh, it was it wasn't like a leopard enough. red man. Uh huh. At eighty spots, and uh, I, I let it go. It was it wasn't big enough to keep. If it would have been big enough, I'd have had it mounted. But uh, uh, but then they brought one in from the jetties one day. It had one hundred and five spots on it. Yeah. And uh, it was about twenty twenty six or twenty eight inches long. At one hundred and five. Boy, that's one you want in a tournament. You know, they always have that side spot, a red fish, you know, side pot oh, yeah. with a red fish with the most spots. I think that'd be a oh. winner. <laughs> Boy, you think? Chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a pretty fish. That was a pretty fish. They had one mounted down in the uh, Mansfield Club. I don't know if you ever remember that, but that was a that was a pretty fish. I forget how many spots that one had, but it was a it was a good looking one. Right. It had a bunch of them. had a bunch of them. But, um, yeah, I'd love to catch one of them. We used to catch reds and trendy, man. You know, those redfish up there, they're just, you know, they're kind of like some of those Louisiana pond reds over there where they just, man, they're so fat for their length, and they grow Uh so fast. And the scales on on the sides of them, it looked like they were freezer burned almost because they they were growing so fast that all the scales, the way they came together, you know, they weren't spreading right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when you'd ever, whenever you'd catch one like that, I mean, a slot red would, you know, those reds would go nine, 10 pounds, you know, and in the slot, just incredible. And we uh, caught some, uh, they've caught some at the jetties before that were like mutants. I mean, they, they had like a bull red head on them and then kind of a squatty body. Have you ever really? seen those? No. Yeah. Mutant Weird. reds. Weird. <laughs> But I mean, you talk about some weight. Now they had some weight on them, right? They they were legal reds. They might have been like a twenty six inch red with a bull red head on him. <laughs> you know, my goodness, weird, weird looking Me- melon headed reds. Uh huh, uh huh. Well, you talk about some weight now. That bull red head on him. Yeah, um, I mean, the, really people don't realize how much uh, the head on those redfish weigh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, man, that puts some weight on that fish. That would be a good tournament fish to have. Yeah, buddy. That's what you're looking for right there. That's right. That's right. Crazy. You know, we were talking about those arsenic bombs and stuff for coyotes. I got a text from Glenn in Ohio. He listened to the show. Great guy. He said his uncle was a wolf trapper for the state. And when he was Mm -hmm. a kid, I I used to watch him use cyanide traps. They were a sliding tube set up. And you anchored it to the ground and baited the top tube, and a wolf or a coyote had hit that bait, and the trap fired a thirty-eight caliber shell, you know, with cyanide mm-hmm. into the throat. And he said it was highly effective. Oh, I bet. I bet. They had to put signs up, I think, where they had the traps. They had to put warning signs up for people, you know. I think they had to do that. If I remember right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lethal. Man. Got another question for me for you from a listener. Uh, he he uh, wanted me to ask Captain Smith if he's ever seen a rattlesnake climb a tree. Well, that's I have. Yeah, I that's have. uh. Yeah. 
any snake can fact, climb anything. My neighbor directly across the street from me here in Port O'Connor came down his steps one day. He had a big chili patine plant, a big one, huge one, right underneath his stairway. And uh, he walked downstairs, turned turned around, and was walking uh, underneath his house and just happened to turn around and look. And there was a rattlesnake up in that chili patine plant. Oh, boy. Right there underneath his stairway. Mm-hmm. But, yes, those rattlesnakes will climb in a tree. They will get in, in brush and everything, which is bad because, you know, you got to be conscious. If I'm tracking deer in that brush, hey, they can be up high. They can hit you high. You know, you got to be, got to be uh, looking. Uh, you know, you got to be looking down and looking up too because they'll be in that brush. So uh, they're not just on the ground. No, 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 no. They snakes climb. Uh, I, I remember that story years ago, 20-plus years ago, down in Hebronville where Blaine's at. A kid was bit in the face by a rattlesnake. He wanted his dad to play catch with him. So he went in the garage to pull the ball gloves, you know, off the shelf. And a snake was coiled up there. And when he reached up there to get those gloves, it, you know, snake bit him in the face. Mm. And, uh mm. It's just that's just bad luck. That's bad time and everything. Well, you know, it, uh, forever we've always been conscious of getting in a duck blind, and and uh, you always had to look, make sure there weren't any rattlesnakes uh, in the cane and all that in your right. duck blind, because they will get in that cane, and you know, and that being the case, they would hit you high around face high or or shoulder or something like that. Yeah, people don't we realize have. how many snakes uh, we have along the Texas coast. Oh, yeah. You know, even in the marshy areas up this way, you know, rattlesnakes, like, you know, in Bolivar Marsh and all that. And oh, I've never I've never killed one or seen one. You know, I have water moxkins, naturally. You know, that's just normal mm-hmm. habitat for them. But they, they are prevalent. They are around. Yep. You know, we even I see know. them in the bay sometimes. They'll be out in the bay. Birds oh. will be... Over them and you oh, pull up and think, hey, it's a school of birds here. And then you see that rattlesnake balled up on the water with those birds pecking at him. Seagulls. They call up like a like a cow patty. Looks like a yeah, cow they patty do. They dogs. exactly do. Mm-hmm. I uh, and I told the story before, but uh, this honest truth. I uh, years and years ago, we had a storm coming in, and it was a tropical storm, I think it was. But uh, the tides had come up high and. And there was a lot of water, high water in uh, Bay City. A buddy of mine called me, and they had some cows and a pasture, and the water was was coming up. And he asked right. me if I'd come help him get the cows out of this one pasture. And he had a flat-bottom aluminum boat with about a 10-horse motor on it. And we got out there and launched that boat, and the, and the water was already coming up on these cows. And uh, so he said, we'll just herd them. We'll herd them with the boat and get them over here to this uh, gate. And once we get them through that gate, you know, they'll, they'll go to high ground. I said, okay. So anyway, we opened this gate and, uh, we got in this pasture and uh, with that boat, we got around these cows and we were starting to herd them toward that gate. Right. To go to run them to high ground. And I had, I brought a little camera with me because I was going to take pictures of all these cows in this field in the water. And one particular cow was out there pretty, pretty deep. And, uh, she was, she, 
it looked kind of funny to me. We got up there pretty close. She had three rattlesnakes coiled up on her back. Oh, God. On her back. And I took a picture of her with these three rattlesnakes on her back. And it was like, you know, they weren't going to bite her because, man, they were saving her, you know. And uh, and she was just standing there broadside looking at us with these three rattlesnakes coiled up on her back. Mm-mm-mm. That was the neatest picture. And for years I had that picture and I passed it around. I, I lost it. You know, somebody kept that picture years ago. But um, that was the neatest thing. I, I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. But, um, but, you know, that was just nature at work right there. I got a text for you. just came in. This is funny. You remember, you remember old Robert Cervello down in Port Isabel he used to fish a lot of tournaments during trout masters oh, yeah. and all that with us. Great guy. He goes, I have a question. Does Lynn ever run out of stories? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been around long enough. No, <laughs> you've been around a while, brother. Yes. It. <laughs> no, I did get around. a question for me. Uh, uh, this is from a listener in Chambers County. Want to know, uh, if I think that there are still, Galveston Bay Red Wolves running wild in Chambers County, and I'll have to agree with that. I've I've seen them with my own eyes. It's not a giant coyote. I mean they they have some hybrids now where they bred with red wolves. It's a bigger bodied coyote that kind of looks like a red wolf, but there's no. I mean it's so distinct when you see one by the yeah. size of his snout, the length of his ears, and his body shape and size. You know, just his mass and. Yeah. Uh, we had one, my neighbor next to me, uh, Dr. Phil Grayson, he has a nice place over there by me right on the water, and he had a persimmon tree that was loaded with persimmons one year, and this red wolf, I'd watch it come across the highway, and there's an easement between us that's got heavy cover in it, and that wolf, every afternoon about 4 o'clock, would come across and duck into that cover, and then get over to his house and come out in his backyard and eat persimmons off the ground. And then I'd see it leave right at dusk and go back across the highway. And uh, he took a picture of it. He had some good photos of it. He sent it to A&M, and the, the lady that replied to his email and everything said, yeah, that's a uh, that's a Galveston Bay Red Wolf. But uh, there's no more in the wild. They're all in captivity now. And he said, well, lady, you can come to my house and watch this firsthand. He comes to, comes to my backyard every day. And uh, huh. so I, I thought I was going to get wise, and, and uh, I was going to shoot it. It never did show up again once I put a gun on the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one way back there probably 40 years ago, 40, 50 years ago. I saw one in Katy on the Katy Prairie. Right, they were prevalent out there too. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. We were goose hunting, and I saw one run across that prairie chasing those geese. You know, probably getting picking up wounded geese. You know, out of a out of a, out of a old herd of geese that were sitting on the prairie. And I'm sure you know uh, some of them were wounded, and they when the concentration of geese would get up. Some yeah, they're out there cripple. picking up cripples. Yep. Uh huh. Exactly. That. That. Uh, that. Those red wolves used to drive the cattle ranchers crazy around here. I mean, they just ate up all their calves and and cows oh, too. Yeah. It was it was pretty nuts. They were so thick. Let me knock this break out. I'll be right back. All yeah. right, you're listening to the outdoor show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
don't you know? Mama was no prude, but she was proper. Never wore her dress too short. She didn't care if you did, but she'd have never taken a drink. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. It's 540 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we're back. Yep, I tell you what amazed me uh, hunting on these uh, hunting these coyotes and uh, and bobcats is uh, using that call. Is uh, I I like to use that uh, screaming rabbit call. Screaming uh, rabbit, yes sir. It doesn't even scare the deer. It doesn't scare them at all. Uh huh. The deer can be out there feeding and everything, and I and I turn on that call, and they it doesn't even bother them. They don't even raise their head. You know, they just keep feeding and and uh, like it doesn't even bother them. I don't understand it. I thought they would just take off, you know, take off and run, but they doesn't even scare them. And uh, it, it was kind of funny. I, I went to uh, Toys R Us and I and I, I bought a a rabbit stuffed rabbit, you know, a little gray <laughs> rabbit. And uh, so I'll, I'll when I go to a stand, I'll set that rabbit out there uh, in a sendero, and then uh, when I'm through deer hunting or whatever. I'll say, well, I think I'll just turn that call on and see if I can bring out a coyote or something. Well, my uh, the ranch manager, he did the same thing. He went and got him one of those rabbits. And, and uh, he said out there, well, he was sitting in the stand one morning. And he turned his call on, and here came this bobcat, came out of the brush and started sneaking out there to that stuffed rabbit, snuck out there real slow, and ran out there to that rabbit and licked it. <laughs> just licked, licked the it. rabbit and stuff. Yeah. He took a picture. He took several pictures of that bobcat, licked that rabbit, and just sat down and looked around like, how stupid like, this am ain't I? right. <laughs> yep, this don't this taste right. right. Hey, you tell that bobcat knew what a rabbit was, though. <laughs> yeah. He, he just sat there. I've got several pictures of that bobcat just sitting That's there by funny. that stuffed rabbit. It is funny. But he said I didn't have the heart to shoot him after that. They just at, at the Bobcat just sitting there looking around like, well, what is this deal? What's going on here? <laughs> and I had one ran to my call. He ran right up to the stand, literally within 10 feet or less of me. And I, I stood up out of the chair and leaned out the window and took a picture straight down out of the stand, <laughs> took a picture <laughs> of him. And that, that Bobcat was just standing there looking around like, like, Elmer Fudd, you know, going, where's the wabbit? Where's the wabbit? <laughs> Silly wabbit. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Oh, I tell you, I, I love I love nature in action like that, man. It's I remember funny. before Hurricane Ike, uh, I was uh, I was cooking a brisket all day deal. I'm sitting out on the patio, and a buddy of mine drove by, and he saw me, and he pulled in, and he gets out and brings his cooler. He, he, didn't, he don't go anywhere without beer, and he uh, had to show me this new uh, collar he got, electronic collar. I said, well, let's play with it a little bit. He turned that thing on, and he put it on the uh, squealing baby jackrabbit or whatever. Uh-huh. Hey, it wasn't two minutes till two foxes, a male and a female, ran across the highway into that uh, easement over there where it's thick cover and came out of there and came right up to the back porch. I mean, they came right... They weren't even 10 feet from us. It's amazing. And, it is. And uh, then they saw us and winded us and took off running. And then we put it on another mode, crows fighting. Hey, we, oh, yeah. I hadn't heard a crow in, in days out there. We got some crows. but uh, 
he turned those crow fight on and I had four or five crows come flying there and land in the top of those pecan trees and they're all gawking and squawking. And, uh, that was just incredible how those calls work. I couldn't they, believe it. They're unreal. I, I love it. I, that I crow really fight, think. man, those crows love that. They come to it in a heartbeat. Oh, they do. They do. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I go they're fun to my, play with, man. They are. They are. I, I went but up to, beware, I go, you might call up more than you bargained for with one of those, too. Well, that's right. That's right. Uh, I told you on the air before that uh, that friend of mine has a ranch in Johnson City, and that this young man that helps him on the ranch sometimes, he's uh, I think he was a senior in high school of last year, and he uh, he he used to call, and he was trying to kill a coyote or something. And he saw something coming through the brush. Well, it was a mountain lion. Oh, boy. And he went, oh, my goodness. Well, he, he shot the mountain lion that ran off. Well, he, That's not good. He's all down out of the stand and goes out there and sees a blood trail, and he starts trailing this blood trail. No. He goes right up to a tree, and he looks up in the tree, and there's a mountain lion looking down at him. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, he shot the mountain lion out of the tree. I've got the pictures of him sitting there with the mountain lion and his and his game call playing there. I mean, how lucky is that? I mean, but can you imagine looking up in the tree and seeing the mountain lion looking down at you? A wounded mountain lion at that. You know, I don't think I'd want to be in his shoes. He, he didn't realize how lucky he was. <laughs> but, uh, no, i tell you what, it's, those calls are fun, man. I enjoy it. Yeah, they I enjoy are. That. I've yeah, got a couple of them. <laughs> They're uh, but, uh, very realistic. I mean, when you start pulling in wild game like that with a call, that's that's pretty good. It's something you can do after deer season, too. Sure. You, know? you can get out there and get after it. And uh, you can do it uh, after turkey season and all that. So it's fun. You can get out, still get out there in the wild and hunt and enjoy the outdoors. But uh, I love it, man. But... Uh, when I'm not fishing, I just may have to go down south and, and try a little bit of that myself. Yeah. I may have to do it. But right now, I'm kind of concentrating on getting a few things done around the house and, and a little construction and and uh, get back on the water. I've got uh, I've got a few trips on the books, and I'm I'm ready to start fishing, man, as soon as this fishing turns uh, off. Oh, I know. And it, uh, it, and around uh, the house, it's, it's never ending, the, the life of a homeowner. Yeah, I know it. But, you know, this time of the year, and I've had people calling me and at the fishing show, they were talking to me about wanting to come down and fish, and I tell them, look, this time of the year, right now, these fronts are one after another. Yes. And I said, you know, one day the wind's out of the north, the next day it's out of the southeast. And uh, it, it's hard to predict what it's going to be. And uh, you got high tides one day and low tides the next. Yeah, so, it's just so everything's so unstable. You know, this is. time of year, you'll the I mean, the wind glo- goes around the clock. I mean, oh, yeah. you'll have a pumping south before a front, then the front hits, and you got a north or a northwest, depends on which way it comes from. Empties right. your bays, then you. Then the next morning when you think, well, I'm going to be able to fish, even though the tide's low, well, then you have a northeast wind at 20, 25. And then, That's right. Then you'll get that lay down for a day or two, and then here comes the pumping south again, and before that front hits, it actually goes southwest and west, and it ju- it just goes around the clock. You just got to oh yeah, you got to be booked every day to run two or three trips a week, the way it oh, works yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. 
I know it's, it's well, and some guys they, they'll go anyway, and and there's areas you know on the coast where you you can fish just about under any conditions. It yep. just depends on what bay system you're in. That's right, that's right. But uh, I had to laugh. So you know, one of my neighbors he he got, ran aground the other day, and and uh, he called towboat to come get him, and and uh, the old boy that runs the towboat service, he said that he was the fifth. One fifth person he pulled off the sandbar that day boy <laughs> yeah the tides were real low and and you know that's just typical for this time of the year you better have your head on a swivel because you're going to have a lot of sandbars and oyster reefs down here well just don't you know john wayne it everywhere you go take it easy and uh you know wear your polarized glasses so you can see stuff like that but it that's an advantage this time of year when you get one of these hard blows and you dump all the water out of the bay. If you find a ramp you can put in and that, go look at everything, and you would be surprised what you'll find out there. You know, oh, whether it's fishing structure or <laughs> bad structure that you've uh, run over before and never hit it because the tide was high enough to get you over it, and, you can, you know, mark things like that. Use that to your advantage. Where you can well, that's right. Have safer outings, you know. Well, this is where this is when you learn learn the base system, really, because uh, especially when you've got the, the hard tides, you know, hard moving current, because mm-hmm. the base system changes. We've got so much sand that the guts change, right? You know, the gut, the gut, the guts um, around the pass and all that. They're going to change yearly, and uh, you got to get out there and, and figure them out where they are. Yeah, Glenn and I, the hammer, was talking about that in the first segment this morning about, you know, how it changes, especially behind San Luis Pass. I mean, that's... Same way down here. That's a big, wide pass, and I mean, a lot of current comes through there, and it it changes, you know, it reconfigures the sandbars, moves them over one way or the other, and the guts change. I mean, it's uh, something you got to stay on top of. Well, that's the same way here in... uh... That's, that's Pascavallo, same deal. Yeah. Same deal. You have to figure it out every year. Pascavallo. Uh, yeah, Pascavallo. And How I mean, there's. giant fish that swam through that pass, kind of like our oh, pass over here in our jetties. Oh, my man. goodness. How many giant trout have swam through that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and redfish. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some good fish caught there. Every Not to year mention we run predators, out, run out. you know, and big tarpon. I mean, everything. Oh, yeah. Sharks. You know, I had a customer last year. He wanted to, he wanted to run through the pass and run down south to Cedar Bayou. He'd never gone down to Cedar Bayou in the right. surf. I said, "Well, let's go because that's surf a long was flat. run. <laughs> it's it's a long run, but you know the surf was flat." And I said, uh, "Okay, let's make it." Well, that makes it let's a lot it. better. Oh yeah. So we ran down there. We just took our time. We ran on down there, and boy, the surf was full of tarpon. I mean, the tarpon were everywhere. And um, I'm running along, and and uh, we're talking, you know, and we're looking, and and all of a sudden, boy, uh, I, I backed off on the throttle and went, whoop! It looked like a, a tree limb in the water, you know. Mm-hmm. I backed off on the throttle. It was a tarpon right on the surface. Oh. I mean, a pretty good size one. And uh, but he was. He was a big tarpon, and uh, I almost hit him. <laughs> you know, he was he was right on the surface, and uh, there were so many tarpon in the surf last year. It was incredible, and the birds were working on you know, and gosh Almighty, it was beautiful. 
And we got down there to Cedar Bayou and that grass and the surf, which a lot of people don't know is down there. But um, that grass is out there and that surf. I mean, what a combination, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that, we we don't have any of that up here. <laughs> yeah. Not oh, in the surf, we don't. <laughs> we got grass, oh, but nothing like you guys have, but not especially oh. not in the surf. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, boy. But we did. We ran all the way down there, and then we fished our way back. And, uh, of course, we caught all our fish, trout and reds, and uh, that didn't take long. <laughs> and then, and we just threw topwaters is all we did. And top water's in the surf. It just doesn't get any better than that. No, that's that's very hard to beat. My no. goodness. Yeah. Hopefully but, we'll have uh, a good surf year this year. I hadn't heard of a good surf year in a while. I don't I think, you know, Matagorda had a good year, what was it, three or four years ago. I remember yeah. uh Tommy Alexander said that he had the best day he's ever had fishing his whole life and it was all top waters in the surf out of the boat. You know, they were yeah. out deep enough where you couldn't wait them. And uh, right. it was just, it was lock and load. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. Big fish, too. I mean, big trout. Yeah. Well, that's the way with us. We All the trout we caught on top were good, solid fish, you know. Right. They were good, solid trout. And um, that, that was that was with us. I mean, we didn't catch, that, that particular day, we did not catch an undersized trout. I mean, everything. Amazing. Just solid fish, you know. And, uh, you know, and reds, too. The reds were there, too. Of course, the reds were all in that first gut, you know. You take that big super folk and, and uh, fire it up there. You, you can bounce it off the sand, you know, and bring it into that first gut. You had a redfish. There wasn't any doubt about that. They were just they were solid in that first gut. Right. A lot of them were oversized reds, but, uh, you know, just hang on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Blaine but, went uh, through all that yesterday. He was fishing some little old tournament he got in this weekend you know for yesterday and he said after he caught about 16 or 17 bull reds he said his arms couldn't take anymore he had to just drive off he said they were everywhere big old bulls oh yeah big bulls they'll worry out man we got them everywhere yeah especially on trout tackle i mean that's that's like bear hunting with a switch yeah that's right that's exactly right you said y'all got a lot of them in the bay no, we don't have that many in the oh, bay. Oh, it's just overrunning us up my way. I've never seen nothing like it. Oh my goodness! Well, y'all got so much deep water, you know. That's yeah, I guess. But boy, they they just don't want to leave. Once they yeah. get up here, you know, back in the day, you never saw that. You you know, every once in a while, you'd have some bull reds come in and and kind of stage up on the deep reefs in East Bay in the you know summertime, like July and August, but. Mm-hmm. We'd never see them over my way, but, boy, that's just I, – I can't even tell you how many there are, Lynn. There's so many of them. Good grief. And, yeah, it's pretty wild. And it, it, Every once in a while, you know, we'll, I'll see a, a school of bulls in the in the bay, but along the shorelines right. or whatever, and every once in a while we'll catch a, a bull at, one, like, one of the platforms or something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't normally see them in the bay. Um, yeah. Now, I have seen uh, – I have seen – uh, schools of bulls uh, migrating out, right? Uh, coming down the shorelines uh, on their way out of the bay system. Sure. But, um, All right, buddy. Happen. Well, it's that time. I got to run. If somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing with you this year, how do they get a hold of you, Lynn? 
Yes, sir. 361-935-6833. All right. Enjoy the conversation. It was good, man. We'll talk to you yes, next sir. week, buddy. Hey, I'll be around, I hope. <laughs> you will. So, uh, I know. You have a good one, Mick. Do, you do the same, Lynn. Thank you. All right, man. All right, that's Captain Lynn Smith and Port O'Connor. It's time for our top of the hour break and national anthem. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 